0: Um, This is the One Year Bible Reading for September 29th, and we are in the book of Isaiah this morning in the Old Testament, starting in chapter 57, verse 15. The High and Lofty One who inhabits eternity, the Holy One, says this, I live in that high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. I refresh the humble and give new courage to those with repentant hearts, for I will not fight against you forever. I will not always show my anger. If I did, all people would pass away, all the souls I have made. I was angry and punished these greedy people. I withdrew myself from them, but they went right on sinning. I have seen what they do, but I will heal them anyway. I will lead them and comfort those who mourn. Then words of praise will be on their lips. May they have peace, both near and far, for I will heal them all says the Lord. But those who still reject me are like the restless sea. It is never still, but continually churns up mire and dirt. There is no peace for the wicked, says my God. Shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to hear my laws. You would almost think this was a righteous nation that would never abandon its God. They love to make a show of coming to me and asking me to take action on their behalf. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have done much penance and you don't even notice. I will tell you why. It's because you are living for yourselves even while you are fasting. You keep right on oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like a blade of grass in the wind. You dress in sackcloth and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No, the kind of fasting I want calls you to free those who are wrongly imprisoned and to stop oppressing those who work for you. Treat them fairly and give them what they earn. I want you to share your food with the hungry and to welcome poor wanderers into your homes. Give clothes to those who need them, and do not hide from relatives who need your help. If you do these things, your salvation will come like the dawn. Yes, your healing will come quickly. Your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer, yes, I am here. He will reply quickly. Stop oppressing the helpless and stop making false accusations and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as day. The Lord will guide you continually, watering your life when you are dry and keeping you healthy too. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Your children will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as the people who rebuild their walls and cities. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Lord in everything you do, and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. If you do this, the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor and give you your full share of the inheritance I promised to Jacob, your ancestor. I, the Lord, have spoken. Listen, the Lord is not too weak to save you. He is not becoming deaf. He can hear you when you call, but there is a problem. Your sins have cut you off from God. Because of your sin, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Your hands are the hands of murderers, and your fingers are filthy with sin. Your mouth is full of lies, and your lips are tainted with corruption. No one cares about being fair and honest. Their lawsuits are based on lies. They spend their time plotting evil deeds and then doing them. They spend their time and energy spinning evil plans that end up in deadly actions. They cheat and shortchange everyone. Nothing they do is productive. All their activity is filled with sin. Violence is their trademark. Their feet run to do evil and they rush to commit murder. They think only about sinning. Wherever they go, misery and destruction follow them. They do not know what true peace is or what it means to be just and good. They continually do wrong, and those who follow them cannot experience a moment's peace. It is because of all this evil that deliverance is far from us. That is why God does not punish those who injure us. No wonder we are in darkness when we expected light. No wonder we are walking in the gloom. No wonder we grope like blind people and stumble along. Even at brightest noontime, we fall down as though it were dark. No wonder we are like corpses when compared to vigorous young men. We growl like hungry bears. We mourn, moan like mournful doves. We look for justice, but it is nowhere to be found. We look to be rescued, but it is far away from us. For our sins are piled up before God and testify against us. Yes, we know what sinners we are. We know that we have rebelled against the Lord. We have turned our backs on God. We know how unfair and oppressive we have been, carefully planning our deceitful lies. Our courts oppose people who are righteous and justice is nowhere to be found. Truth falls dead in the streets and fairness has been outlawed. Yes, truth is gone. And anyone who tries to live a godly life is soon attacked. The Lord looked and was displeased to find that there was no justice. He was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. So he himself stepped in to save them with his mighty power and justice. He put on righteousness as his body armor and placed the helmet of salvation on his head. He clothed himself with the robes of vengeance and godly fury. He will repay his enemies for their evil deeds. His fury will fall on his foes in distant lands. Then at last they will respect and glorify the name of the Lord throughout the world. For he will come like a flood tide, driven by the breath of the Lord. The Redeemer will come to Jerusalem, says the Lord, to buy back those in Israel who have turned from their sins. And this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit will not leave them, and neither will these words I have given you. They will be on your lips and on the lips of your children and your children's children forever. I, the Lord, have spoken. Yesterday, we finished the book of Ephesians, and so our New Testament reading today is starting the book of Philippians, Um, and I'm just going to read you this brief introduction from Talk Through the Bible. Um, It says, Philippians is the epistle of joy and encouragement in the midst of adverse circumstances. In it, Paul freely expresses his fond affections for the Philippians in view of their consistent testimony and support and lovingly urges them to center their actions and thoughts on the person, pursuit, and power of Jesus Christ. Paul also seeks to correct a problem with disunity and rivalry, urging his readers to imitate Christ in his humility and servanthood. In this way, the work of the gospel will go forward as believers seek to stand fast, be of the same mind, rejoice always, and pray about everything. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, Slaves of Christ Jesus. It is written to all of God's people in Philippi who believe in Christ Jesus and to the elders and deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. I always pray for you and make my requests with a heart full of joy because you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you heard it until now. And I am sure that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on that day when Christ Jesus comes back again. It is right that I should feel as I do about all of you for you have a very special place in my heart. We have shared together the blessings of God both when I was in prison and when I was out, defending the truth and telling others of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love for each other will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in your knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until Christ returns. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, those good things that are produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. And I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including all the soldiers in the palace guard knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, many of the Christians here have gained confidence and become more bold in telling others about Christ. Some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know the Lord brought me here to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they teach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful to me. But whether or not their motives are pure, the fact remains that the message about Christ is being preached. So I rejoice, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that as you pray for me and as the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will all turn out for my deliverance. For I live live in eager expectation and hope that I will never do anything that causes me shame but that I will always be bold for Christ as I have been in the past and that my life will always honor Christ whether I live or die. For to me, living is for Christ and dying is even better. Yet, if I live, that means fruitful service for Christ. I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. Sometimes I want to live and sometimes I long to go and to be with Christ. That would be far better for me but it is better for you that I live. I am convinced of this, so I will continue with you so that you will grow and experience the joy of your faith. Then when I return to you, you will have even more reason to boast about what Christ Jesus has done for me. Psalm 71. O oh Lord, you are my refuge. Never let me be disgraced. Rescue me, save me from my enemies, for you are just. Turn your ear to listen and set me free. Be to me a protecting rock of safety, where I am always welcome. Give the order to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. My God, rescue me from the power of the wicked, from the clutches of cruel oppressors. O Lord, you alone are my hope. I've trusted you, O Lord, from childhood. Yes, you have been with me from birth. From my mother's womb, you have cared for me. No wonder I am always praising you. My life is an example to many because you have been my strength and protection. That is why I can never stop praising you. I declare your glory all day long. And now in my old age, don't set me aside. Don't abandon me when my strength is failing, for my enemies are whispering against me. They are plotting together to kill me. They say God has abandoned him. Let's go and get him, for there is no one to help him now. O God, don't stay away. My God, please hurry to help me. Bring disgrace and destruction on those who accuse me. May humiliation and shame cover those who want to harm me, but I will keep on hoping for you to help me. I will praise you more and more. I will tell everyone about your righteousness. All day long, I will proclaim your saving power, for I am overwhelmed by how much you have done for me. I will praise your mighty deeds, O sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just and good. O God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I have consistently told others about the wonderful things you do. Now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Your righteousness, O God, reaches to the highest heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare with you, O oh God? You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. Then I will praise you with music on the harp, because you are faithful to your promises, O oh God. I will sing for you with a lyre, the holy, O oh Holy One of Israel." I will shout for joy and sing your praises for you have redeemed me. I will tell about your righteous deeds all day long for everyone who tried to hurt me has been shamed and humiliated. Proverbs 24, 9 and 10. The schemes of a fool are sinful. Everyone despises a mocker. And, wait. Yes, that's it. Sorry, I got distracted. I got a phone call, which was weird. Um, (laughs) So to end today, we are going to um, uh, continue in my heart, Christ's home, and we are in the living room. We next walked into the living room. This room was rather intimate and comfortable. I liked it. It had a fireplace, overstuffed chairs, a sofa, and a quiet atmosphere. He also seemed pleased with it. He said, This is indeed a delightful room. Let us come here often. It is secluded and quiet, and we can fellowship together. Well, naturally, as a young Christian, I was thrilled. I couldn't think of anything I would rather do than have a few minutes with Christ in intimate companionship. He promised, I will be here early every morning. Meet me here, and we will start the day together. So morning after morning, I would come downstairs to the living room and he would take a book of the Bible from the bookcase. He would open it and then we would read together. He would tell me of its riches and unfold to me its truths. He would make my heart warm as he revealed his love and his grace that he had toward me. These were wonderful hours together. In fact, we called the living room the withdrawing room. It was a period when we had our quiet time together but little by little under the pressure of many responsibilities, this time began to be shortened. Why, I am i don't know, but I thought I was just too busy to spend time with Christ. This was not intentional, you understand, it just happened that way. Finally, not only was the time shortened, but I began to miss a day now and then. It was examination time at the university, then it was some other urgent emergency. I would miss it two days in a row and often more. I remember one morning when I was in a hurry, rushing downstairs, eager to be on my way. As I passed the living room, the door was open. Looking in, I saw a fire in the fireplace, and Jesus was sitting there. Suddenly, in dismay, I thought to myself, He was my guest. I invited him into my heart. He has come as Lord of my home, and yet here I am neglecting him. I turned and went in. With downcast glance, I said, Blessed Master, forgive me. Have you been here all these mornings? Yes, he said. I told you I would be here every morning to meet you, meet with you. Then I was even more ashamed. He had been faithful in spite of my unfaithfulness. I asked his forgiveness and he readily forgave me as he does when we are truly repentant. The trouble with you is this. You have been thinking of the quiet time, of the Bible study and prayer time as a factor in your own spiritual progress but you have forgotten that this hour means something to me also. Remember, I love you. I have redeemed you at great cost. I value your fellowship. Now, he said, do not neglect this hour, if only for my sake. Whatever else may be your desire, remember, I want your fellowship. You know, the truth that Christ desires my companionship, that he loves me, wants me to be with him, wants to be with me and waits for me, has done more to transform my quiet time with God than any other single fact. Don't let Christ wait alone in the living room of your heart, but every day find some time when, with your Bible and in prayer, you may be together with him. Thank you for making that time with me this morning. Have a beautiful day. Love you all.